I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life. This is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. God bless you today. This is episode number 23, and this is Boyfriendication Part 2. We did Boyfriendication Part 1, and here is Part 2. Hold on, get your Bible, get your notes. Set aside some time to get into God's word. Let's listen with our ears. Let's concentrate with our mind. And let's sense and really press into what God is saying with our hearts. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I give you praise. Thank you for the opportunity to be in this country where we are free to learn about you as much as we'd like to. Lord, my prayer is that this podcast is another resource, is a source of truth for those who are single, for those who may be in any type of relationship. It's my prayer and desire that your truth would speak for itself. I pray that this podcast is not simply opinion, but that it is truth illuminated, illustrated and and, 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 and broken down in your word. Speak now, God. May your word reach the heart of anyone and everyone who's listening everywhere. The the, the earbuds, the, the phone, the tablet, wherever this is heard, Lord, I pray that you be glorified by reaching the hearts of those who are sincere and seeking the truth, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Episode 23, Boyfriendication 2. This is kind of a story that I came across and I wanted to share. And when I read it a while back, I just it was, it's kind of sad, honestly. You know, it's an unfortunate situation, but you decide for yourself. So let me read it to you. This is from the Christian Post. The uh, person is Leonardo Blair. He is a Christian Post reporter. Now, I'm not going to read all of what he wrote. I'm just reading something that will help us get into boyfriendication, too. A Christian businesswoman in Texas who advocated against domestic violence died after she was allegedly battered by her estranged boyfriend, whom she begged her church to pray for just days before she was attacked, her pastor said. Grand Prairie Police told ABC's Dallas affiliate WFAA that they were called in by staff at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas on September 21st after Anger Room founder Donna Alexander was brought to the emergency room by her boyfriend, Nathaniel Mitchell, with several head injuries. Anger Room, which was founded by Alexander in 2008, allows customers to smash things for a fee as a way to relieve stress. When Mitchell was questioned by authorities about what happened, he claimed the petite businesswoman had fallen in the shower, according to CBS. They found his explanation inconsistent with Alexander's injuries, and he was arrested for outstanding warrants. Detectives later charged him with aggravated assault. When Alexander died on September 24th, they upgraded that charge to murder. Alexander had been having relationship struggles 
as she shared some of what was going on or shared some of what she was going through with friends, but not with her church family at Crossroads Christian Church, where Brian Carter, an associate pastor, said she requested prayer for Mitchell just days before she was attacked. Her very last prayer request was was for her assailant, Carter said. His heart, I'm, I'm reading quotations of what she said, his heart's not right and she prayed that his heart would soften. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 23, Boyfriendication 2. I'm going to, I have a few things highlighted in this uh, article. I'm going to uh, just reiterate. Number one, she begged her church to pray just days before she was attacked. So let's just say two or three days before she was attacked. She begged her church to pray. All right. Just keep that in mind. They were having relationship struggles. She told her friends, but not her church family. She didn't tell her church family what was going on. And finally, she begged. And then she said his heart's not right. And she prayed that his heart would soften. So here's a Christian businesswoman. The world would say she meant well, but obviously she was with somebody who was not regenerated, you know, but but we'll we'll commentate on on her situation in a minute. Let me go ahead and get to these few points. Boyfriend indication two. point number one. There are only two marital statuses as adults. You are either single or you are married. It is that simple. Single means I'm something outside of married, divorce, widow, whatever. Married means I have a legal and biblical covenant. It's a covenant. The world would say it's a contract. Nonetheless, you have an obligation hanging over your head. I broke down a lot of these terms in Boyfriendication 1. Just find the older podcast, Boyfriendication 1, and you can hear the breakdown on that. So let's just be clear. All this, my my friend, my special friend, my they, the, the, the change of the voice. It ain't just my friend. It's my friend. Usually, you know, I don't know how guys say it, but that's typically how ladies say it. It's somebody who is, you know, he's a little bit more than just a friend, but he ain't a husband. You know, so uh, that's where this word boyfriend would fall. All right. So, again, only two marital statuses, according to the Lord. And according to the law. Okay. Now, point number two, boyfriend is a male you are romantically involved with. Where does romance lead to? I have that in parentheses. Let me give a disclaimer. I know it's 2019. I am speaking of a male and a female relationship. I'm speaking of something that's in support of 100% of the Bible, Jesus Christ, God, the father. I'm talking about Male and female only. Genesis 127. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so that's why I'm just going to stick with a woman and a man and boyfriend in that scenario. And I'm sticking with that based on what the Bible says. So again, boyfriend is a male you are romantically involved with. And in quotations, where does romance lead to? Key term, lead to. Now, let's get into this. I got a couple verses that I want to read so that we can understand romance. Okay? Romance. I have feelings for them. Uh, they were, I, I'm attracted to them. I'm drawn to them. I like them. Then it elevates to, I love him. Okay? 
But where does romance lead to? Where is it going? All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians 7 2, King James Version, it says, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. This verse tells us that romance is going to lead to fornication. Let's go to a different translation. 1 Corinthians 7 2, New International Version. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. New International Version says sexual immorality is occurring, not was, not might. It is. God assumes that romance will lead to sexual immorality. Let's go to another translation, Amplified, 1 Corinthians 7 to Amplified. But because of the temptation to participate in sexual immorality, let each, each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. So romance is going to tempt you to participate in sexual immorality. Now, Matthew 5, 28 says, but whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her have committed adultery with her already in his heart. There's so many things in our culture in our sexually charged culture that are fundamentally and primarily driven and dependent upon your lust. If you don't have lust, meaning I'm not lustful, I'm not, you know, desiring a sexuality in this way, then magazines, porn, there's a bunch of things that can't work on you. If you have a restraint on that one thing, Many of these sexual uh, immoral things cannot have the effect on you. So, again, it's, it's, we see that romance is going to tempt one to participate in sexual immorality. First Corinthians 7 to expanded Bible. But because sexual sin is a danger of sexual temptations of sexual sins, each man should have or have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman should have or have sexual relations with her own husband. Expanded Bible, 1 Corinthians 7, 2 tells us sexual sin is a danger. So why somebody, some mother across the street, some church person, some co-worker, whatever. Oh, y'all look cute together. That's what they say. God says it is a danger. Romance can be a danger. Romance can tempt you to participate in sexual immorality. Romance is something that God knows that where sexual immorality is occurring and romance is going to push you towards fornication. All right. Last translation, same verse. First Corinthians 7 two, the good word, God's word translation. But in order to avoid sexual sins. Each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. So this is very, very plain as as far as where romance leads to. Here's a classic scenario for the average man. Most men, nine out of 10 men who are normal, natural, heterosexual males. This is typically how it occurs. First thing is he going to see with his eyes. Somebody said, uh, I'm saved, but I ain't blind. I would say my eyes work. My eyes still work. 
Salvation is a heart thing, not an eye thing. I saw just as good before Jesus, and after Jesus, I see the same way. So typically a man sees, he's very, very uh, uh, sight-driven, visual-driven. Then once he sees, he wants to engage. Based on what he sees, the man want to engage. So now he sees like, oh, let me get up and go over there and see what her name is. Then once he talks and all that, there's some engagement. You know, it moves from sin. He sees that he wants to interact. Then it's attraction. Then after so many interactions, now you go from being interested to actually liking the woman. Then once you like the woman, you're going to want to spend time with the woman. Then once you spend time with the woman, you're going to like the woman a little bit more. Then once you spend time with the woman, you like the woman a little bit more. You're going to want to touch the woman. First Corinthians 7, 1 Corinthians 7.1 It is good for a man not to touch a woman. And once you touch that woman... James 1, 13 through 15, it's a wrap after that. It's a very steep uh, incline downhill towards what we just read. Sexual sin, fornication, participating in sexual immorality becomes a danger, etc. It's only a matter of time. So, Tay loves own two cents. If you're single, especially for men, I just came from a conference out east and there's a lot of athletes there with FCA. I'm going to tell you straight up, if you're a man, you're single and First uh, Corinthians 7, 9, if you are roasting, if you are burning, you don't need to kid yourself. You need to pray and get married. Now, I'm not forcing you to do that, but it's better to please God than to go years and years and years going in and out of sexual sin because it's a danger and you just might get bit a baby, STDs. Uh, now you, you oh, go get an abortion. Let's cover this up and start all over again. And none of those things is going to make you quit. So in accordance with scripture, if you know you are the one who does not have self-control, do not kid yourself. Please, God, seek the Lord for a wife. That's my own two cents, you know, and that's a whole nother can of worms. I'm just going to put it out there like that. Let's keep going now. Again, so point number one, there are only two marital statuses, single and married. Point number two, boyfriend is a male you are romantically involved with. Keyword romantically involved with. That's why you, if you got 10 male friends, you got this one friend that I need to call my boyfriend. Let's elevate him from the friend to the boyfriend level because this is the one that I'm doing stuff with. That's the only reason that brother got the title boyfriend instead of just a friend. Or you're going to say friend or special friend or something. You're going to put a tag on that brother because you are romantically involved with. Okay, so you're saying... Man, that's a mouthful. Sexual sin, temptation. Okay, God, since I can't do that, what can I do? You might be saying, I do want to get married. I, I'm, I'm not going to marry really quick, but I, I, I do want to court and all that kind of stuff. And I know that sexual sin is something I can't do. And so what can I do? All right. Well, let's give you some Bible for that answer. Second Timothy 2, 22, King James Version. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Let's back up a few seconds now. Follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace 
Follow these things with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The answer to the question, uh, okay, God, since I can't do that, what can I do is telling you what to follow and who to follow those things with. So the number one problem I see with folks is, especially young folks, is you need to change the people you're hanging around. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, that means if you were a monkey, now you're a duck. Last time I looked in the jungle, I didn't see no ducks swinging around in no trees. Last time I looked, I ain't seen no monkeys swimming around in the pond with ducks. Okay. You need to get new friends as a new creature, get in a new environment, develop new appetites, new habits, etc. And so the biggest influencer of the things that will keep that old man thriving are the old friends, old environment, change all that stuff. Okay. So that's the answer. Follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, same verse, 2 Timothy 2, 22, God's word translation. It says, stay away from lusts which tempt young people. Pursue what has God's approval. What has God's approval? The verse goes on to say, pursue faith, love, and peace together with those who worship the Lord with a pure heart. The Living Bible, same verse, 2 Timothy 2, 22. Run from anything that gives you the evil thoughts that young men often have. This is why I said to you, if you're a high school, college person, don't even kid yourself. The fire is real. Proverbs 6, can a man not consume fire in his bosom and be burned? How long will you desire a wife? It's just a matter of time for you end up on your back defeated by sexual sin. That's why you need to do the first Corinthians seven, nine. You are burning. It's okay. Pray, seek a wife. All right. Again, it says run from anything that gives you the evil thoughts that young men often have, but stay close to anything that makes you want to do right. What is right? Have faith and love and enjoy the companionship of those who love the Lord and have pure hearts. You need to get consumed in a climate and a culture with those who are drawing close to the Lord with a pure heart. This is what you can do. Let's not focus on what you can't do. Uh, last translation, 2 Timothy 2, 22, Amplify, run away from youthful lusts, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those believers who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So again, you got plenty you can do. Don't worry about what you can't do. See, this is where uh, Satan deceives people. He, he, he got a, he got a, he got a blow pop on a string and you get a little taste and he pull it away. You get a little taste and all he's doing is leading you to destruction. And so he's trying to deceive you, making you think, Ooh, this is what you can't do. God didn't say you can't do that. He said, look, if you want to do that, go get your wife. You can do it all you want to. Okay. Maybe there'll be something in the future about that, but there's so many things in the Bible where it's, it's 24, 7, 365. Uh, you know, if the marriage bed is undefiled, 
It's a healthy, holy thing when you're married in a covenant with your wife in Jesus Christ. So the Bible's answer to sex is marriage. The Bible's answer is not only sex, but healthy and hearty sex in marriage. Okay, there's no reason you, you can't say God said, oh, it's boring and oh, it's not interesting or exciting. That's not God's answer to sex. God's answer to sex is marriage. But again, that's another can of worms for another day. Right now, just know you do have something you can do. Again, the Amplified says pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace with those believers who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So not just any kind of believers. We talk about those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. We're talking about those who love the Lord and have pure hearts. We're talking about uh, uh, th those who uh, call upon him, worship the Lord out of a pure heart. Because you got a wide variety of, I'm putting quotations up, believers. You got folk ain't doing nothing. That means they in Christ, but that's about it. They're Christians in name only. They don't do anything. Okay, you need to get with those who love God out of a pure heart and who are doing something. All right. Again, I can't I can't go everywhere every time I say something. Let's move on to the next point. This is Boyfriend Education 2. You're listening to Tay Love preaching Jesus to Christ on the One Life podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Point number three in Boyfriend Education 2, the turbulence experience with boyfriends can be completely avoided and is not God's will. Listen to me. All this crap that go on with boyfriend and girlfriend. Why? Why? Why y'all arguing? Y'all getting mad? Y'all crying? You wasting gas and you wasting time. You, you wasting all this crap arguing with somebody who is not your spouse. That's why these stories kill me. I'm like, how did it get so serious in a in, in something that's not really uh, recognized by nobody? OK, ain't something shy of marriage. It's like, OK, oh, we know when you say boyfriend, all that means is I'm, I'm basically sexually involved with this person. That's all that means. It don't mean nothing else. So why do we have all these things? Go to Boyfriend Occasion 1. Like I told you, there's several stories that continue to occur in the news. But Boyfriend Occasion 1, we go through several of them and we see why do these things have to happen? In this case, this young businesswoman, uh, you know, trying to do a thing for folks with domestic violence. Look at how she died. It's almost like Proverbs 18:21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. This is not a name it, claim it, positive thinking, positive speech thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm simply saying those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. It's like she ate the, her own fruit. She advocating domestic violence and died the same way because of a boyfriend. So let me read that point again. The turbulence experienced with boyfriends can be completely avoided and is not God's will. Now, you might say, man, this brother is speaking strongly. Yes, I am. And I'm going to go to the word. Watch this. What? Let me ask you a question before we get to the text. What serious turbulence is there when you are equally yoked according to the Bible? Okay, let me ask it again. What serious turbulence is there when you are equally yoked according to the Bible, not merely on the dartboard of Christianity? That's the problem in the South. We have so many different flavors of Jesus, and most of them are not biblical. Most of them are man-made or self-made. 
I'm talking about a born again, devoted follower of Jesus Christ, disciple of Jesus Christ, disciple, one who accepts and assists in the spreadings of the doctrines of another. That's a textbook definition for disciple. Okay. But here's the thing. If you equally, yo, what you, you how is it possible that you have in serious turbulence? So serious like this woman that she died. She was beat to death. This man beat her all upside her head and she died. Okay. So what do you mean? Equally yoked. Let me give you some of the big pillars, the deal breakers, the non-negotiables, the absolutes, the, the absolute essentials, the life and death uh, components of what equally yoked should mean. All right. Again, this is just one train of thought. Theologically, do you both see God the same way? And by that, I mean, is he Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life? Or is he Jesus Christ, the savior of your life? Another way to look at it is I just want him to keep me out of hell versus I want to love him, serve him, please him. I want to bend my life to him. I want my life to be my. That's a whole nother dance than just save me. Just keep me out of hell. That's it. Once I'm out of hell, that's all I want you for. Okay, so theologically, which means what denomination you're part of. Do you think women preaching is okay? Women pastors are okay. Do you, uh, I mean, I can keep going, but I'm talking about theologically. Do you see God the same? Do you think about Jesus Christ the same? Did you have the same experience when you came to Jesus Christ? So on and so forth. That, that's the utmost priority. Being equally yoked, check number one. Do we agree? Are we equally yoked theologically? All right. Number two, visionally, where do we see ourselves in 20 years? So if somebody wants the American dream life, hey, I want to move to the suburb with a 2,500 square foot house and two foreign cars, a Mercedes and a BMW. I want a dog. I want one, maybe two kids. And that's it. Versus a person who's like, oh, well, I, I want to adopt five kids or I want to um, travel the world and start a f uh, feeding the children uh, uh, organization. Those visions are two different visions. The one who wants the comfortable American dream life, that's not going to make for a good spouse for the one who wants to start a feeding organization. That's not going to, you know, where are you going? Why do you exist? Why do you get up every day? You know, what is your passion? What makes your blood boil? See, those are the types of things, because if it's in you, you're going to you, you're going to be restless until you do that thing. So somebody who wants the American pie in the sky, that's going to be different than if you don't. Right. Number three, missionally. How do you plan on living to make this happen? Of course, the American dream cookie cutter that you and I are fed through public education and all American schools, pretty much. How are we going to do this? Well, we're going to work and climb the corporate ladder and go from a little low grade blue collar to white collar to a cubicle to an office to, you know, that's kind of the corporate ladder structure. And then there's another person who might say, well, as I live, I'm going to pay stuff off and live a simple life, a frugal life, a modest life. And that's how I'm going to do it. Well, once again, those missions are going in two different directions. How about physically? Physically, if you are a fitness enthusiast and somebody's not, that's going to be a problem for you, especially men. You're already sight driven. So, yes, you have to extend grace. 
Yes, a woman's going, her body's different. Yes, the woman's going to have children. Yes, you will still love her. We understand what the vows say, death do your part, rich or poor, better and worse, and all that stuff. But uh, if I was your pastor and you was a woman, I would say, hey, you should do, you should keep yourself up for your husband. Now, whatever that is to him, that's between you two. But keep yourself, keep yourself nice and pleasant for your husband. Why? Because you see, all we live in a sexually charged culture. It ain't hard. He can he can probably just go to a simple Walgreens and be tempted sexually. Magazines everywhere. Maybe the clerk got a shirt over. I mean, it's too many things. So that's what I would say. Physically, you know, and, and that's really what I'm talking about. Healthy lifestyle or at least modest, but not just careless. Because it ain't going to be funny no more. It ain't going to be cute no more. Three or four years into the marriage and it's 78 pounds up the on the scale, 75 more pounds on the scale. Oh, it ain't so funny no more. Either side, the husband done picked up, the wife is disgruntled, the wife done picked up, the husband disgruntled. So do you both kind of have the same goals and yeah, do y'all see body, uh, you know, fitness and health the same? All right. That's important because that is all the physical piece. Remember, you're not avoiding fornication because the person's a good writer. You're trying to avoid fornication because you got eyes and you, you know, et cetera, a central nervous system. Let's leave it at that. How about socially? Are we compatible? If you're a neat person, don't marry a, a dirty or messy person. If you are a, a frugal person, don't marry somebody who spends frivolously. If you are a, uh, a, 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 you know, if you're a, if you're a chatty, well, you want to might consider that. Because somebody might not be as talkative as you. If you are a, a city person, don't marry maybe a country person. I don't know. I'm just saying socially, are you compatible? And finally, parenting. Parenting. Oh, I'm not going to have any kids. Well, most people who get married have children. Because of the process, you know, I ain't got to say it all, all the way out. Genesis 1, 28 says, be fruitful and multiply. Okay, Multiply means more humans. What the fruitful part is a woman and man in the marriage bed, etc. So you're going to have children. You get married, you're going to have children. All right. But do you both have the same parenting vision and style? Parenting style, parenting philosophy, how you want to raise your kids. That's important. You know, that's a, that's that can be a driving wedge. So anyway, these are some of the things that the big bolts in being equally yoked biblically, all right, theologically, visionally, missionally, physically, socially, and parent-wise. Those are important. So when we look at this story, I'm just going to back up to the article for a second. One, she begged her church to pray. Why? Because this brother wasn't right. She had already been having struggles. She mentioned, oh, I had relationship struggles that she shared with her friends, but not her church. The fact that she held it from the church tells me something right there. Nobody wants to put their business out and maybe her, you know, she didn't want other Christians maybe thinking of her in a certain way. Who knows? That is open ended as to why she didn't share, but she did not want her church to know what was going on. And then she said his heart's not right. How is it not right? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's not right with Jesus because you're knotting this girl upside her head to the point where you killed her. Okay. So that's clearly unequally yoked. The brother's not regenerated. He's not born again. He's not a follower of Jesus. Thus, you had not subsided your head to your death, unfortunately. And I'm not speaking this to her. This is more for the person who might be single or in a relationship right now. 
Equally yoked means some of the points I just gave you. Clearly, you don't have to guess if the guy's beating on you, cheating on you, provoking you to sin or do something less than what the Bible says, then less or more than what the Bible says, then that's a that's all that's an easy red flag. So again, the question, what serious turbulence is there when you are equally yoked according to the Bible and not merely on the dark board of Christianity? So let me give you some points before we get to the word again. I love the word of God. See, the word says more than I do. Now, let me give you a few points. Pretending, number one, pretending produces punishing pain. Pretending. If you are single and you are pretending that, well, they smoke a little bit and that's okay. Well, they drink socially and that's okay. Well, they at least read their Bible and that's okay. Well, they, you, you, you begin to minimize things that are serious. And when you pretend or kid yourself, pretending produces punishing pain. Number two, listen, there is somebody else to do things the right way with this low grade joker that ain't born again, unregenerate. And you know it, come on now. There's somebody else that's handsome. He will work. He's not lazy. He is responsible. He, he doesn't mind being a man and being held accountable and he will do things the right way. There are billions of people in the world. So this low grade joker cut him off three or four days later after going to Sonic and, you know, drinking some coffee and playing some music, you will be okay and pray. And God will send you somebody else who you can do the right things with the right way. Okay. Number three, don't follow your heart. Follow the Bible. I'll say it again. Don't follow your heart. Follow the Bible. Jeremiah 17, 9. Really, 17, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, all those verses tell us what our heart is like. This is God saying, look, as the creator of you, the human, I'm telling you how your heart is. It's deceitfully wicked. It's desperately wicked. I mean, you, you, I did a study one time. You, you just don't want to get into the depths of how dark and evil our hearts really are apart from Jesus. If you don't have the restraint of the Holy Spirit and God word in your life, your heart is can only be evil. Just like Genesis 8, 21, evil only continually. Genesis 6, 5, evil only continually. Ecclesiastes 9, 3, evil only continually. That, that's just the pattern of man. All right. And finally, number four, you can't change anybody and you can't make anybody do anything. So this ain't about your family, especially this. It kills me. Uh, but my family likes him. And once again, don't follow your heart. Follow the Bible. So it don't matter. You, you, you cannot change anyone and you can't make anyone do anything. So those are some four things to carry with you, because if those are things you need to understand when it comes to being equally yoked biblically now. And that's why down the road, the husband still ain't going to church. He's not enthusiastic about Jesus. Oh, well, now he uh, he's back drinking again. Or, oh, he's always watching sports and doing all this other stuff, but he's not moving and advancing the whole family towards being missional or strategic. Or that's because of these things I'm telling you now. Okay. Now let's read what the Bible say, because y'all don't heard me enough. Let's go straight to God's word. Second Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, King James Version. Be ye not 
unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath the what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. That was the King James Version. Now, let me let me look at this. I, I'm not going to get all deep into this, but Paul asked the same question five times. He didn't ask it once or twice. He said, man, I got to drive this point home because I know what folk are going to be thinking. He okay. He a good man. Oh, my goodness. Listen to this story. Did, did, did anything come good out of the story that we opened up with? At one point, somebody probably said that, girl, y'all look good together. He a good man. You're going to be okay. It's almost like the person in a relationship looking at you like, do you agree with this? No, I don't agree with it because God doesn't agree with it. God does not agree with anything that's not in accordance with his word. God says, we just read it. He asked the question five times. What fellowship? What communion? What concord, concord, C-O-N means with cord, with cord, like harmony. What concord, what part, what agreement? It's like, did, did, you already asked this once, you asked it twice, you asked it three times, you asked it four. You got to ask the same question five times because God knows the humans he created. God is telling you ahead of time, uh, y'all ain't got nothing in common. Y'all don't have uh, righteousness and unrighteousness, light and darkness, Christ and Belial, a devil, a, a false God, uh, a believer and an infidel, a believer or unbeliever, uh, God, the temple of God with idols. Uh, none of those things agree. So if you got a woman who's advocating against domestic violence, obviously the man who's nodding you upside the head is for domestic violence. You see, this is an example where two people were not equally yoked. Unfortunately, one man got a murder charge and another woman died. That's why God said, do not be unequally yoked. Number four, stop believing or stop being sexually active with him, this raggedy boyfriend, and he will leave you on his own. Let me say that again. Stop being sexually active with him, even if you have to move out or kick him out of your apartment, and he will leave you on his own. This is a very important part here. I'm going to read a good long text because we need to see why he's there to begin with and why would he leave on his own if you cut, if you stop having sex with him, stop being sexually active with him. And he will leave on his own. You don't believe me? I know. Let's go to the word of God. And it's a lot of text to fully support this point. Romans 8, 
1 through 14, I'm going to read out of the New King James Version just for a little smoother English. This is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. This is episode number 23, Boyfriend Occasion 2. Again, Romans 8, 1 through 14, New King James Version. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Let's keep reading. 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. 12, it says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Romans 8, 1 through 14, New King James. Let me highlight a few things in that long passage. Okay, First of all, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John 3, he said, this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed. This is Jesus talking. That was John 3, read uh, 19 and 20. Okay. So he's showing you what happens when a person has condemnation. Okay. John three eighteen says, he who believes is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he because he does not believe in the name of the only begotten son of God. So here's the thing. First of all, there's condemnation to somebody who not in Christ Jesus. Just understand that. Let's keep going. Let's see. Verse three. He condemned sin in the flesh. Verse five. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Verse six, for to be carnally minded is death. Verse seven, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. E-N, uh, E-N is in November. M is in Mike, I-T-Y. Okay, enmity, vexation of the spirit, irritation, like an itch or a burn or something that's irritating, vexation. All right. 
9. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. If you don't have the spirit of Jesus Christ, you are not Jesus Christ's. For if 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. This is uh, it's too many verses. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's just one. And finally, the, the punchline is this, Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, why, Tay Love, did you take the time to read that long text? Paul is telling us in one segment of the New Testament, this is a matter of flesh and spirit, life and death, Jesus and your flesh. All right. So the point I read before I read this text was stop being sexually active with him and he will leave you on his own. And all of that text I just read you pretty much says in a nutshell, listen, if you begin to live in the spirit, according to the spirit, according to the spirit of life in Jesus Christ, then guess what? That flesh, the, 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 the condemnation, the sin in the flesh, the enmity, the carnality, all of that is against life in, in the spirit of Jesus Christ. And so Romans 8, 14 is pretty much saying, who is your boyfriend's real daddy, God or Satan? Remember, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So if you went to your boyfriend and you said, Johnny, we need to talk. Johnny, I'm sorry, but I'm following the Lord and, and I'm not going to be doing, I'm not going to be sexually active with you anymore. I really got to get right with God. So you're going to have to move out or I don't know what you're going to do. We can still court, but I'm not doing anything sex, sexual with you. If you said that to your boyfriend and this joker get mad, he starts stomping around. He'll call you for three days. He, he, he texting you all crazy. You know, if he do that, then guess what? What's the key thing as to why you trying to do that? Jesus. And so if you're trying to lean towards the Lord and this joker is getting mad and like a bull, he, he going all crazy. That means is he to ask yourself the question, is this brother being led by the spirit of God? Because if I'm saying let's do things God way and he led by the spirit of God, he should say, yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. But if his reaction is oh, he, he going to get mad and he leaves on his own. This verse is telling you he is not of God. Again, Romans four, Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Thus, if you stop being sexually active with this joker, he's going to leave you on his own. He got to go with somebody he can be yoked with, equally yoked with. And you going to Jesus' way, meaning you. You ain't getting in the bed. He got to go find somebody who will get in the bed. That's exactly why he'll leave you on his own because he's not being led by the spirit of God. And he is not a child of God. So that's the real question. Who is your boyfriend's real daddy? God or Satan? How do we know? Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen. Satan will, he, he has thousands upon thousands of different belief systems, something other than the truth. And I always say there are so many thousands of religions, but there's only one truth. 
Now, here's a final question I want you to think about as we close this podcast today. What minimal, I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked at the end of Boyfriendication 1. What minimal legal or biblical obligation does a boyfriend have? A minimal legal or biblical obligation exists in the minds of their girlfriends, not the real world. Ephesians 5, 1 through 17, King James Version goes like this, and we'll be done. Be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become of saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks." For this she know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, which is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. But the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. But all, all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth and rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. I believe that is Ephesians 5, 1-17, King James Version. Ladies and gentlemen, those four points conclude Boyfriendication 2. We started out by saying, point number one, there are only two statuses for, mar- for adults. You're either single or you're married. Point number two, boyfriend is a male you are romantically involved with. The catch is, where does romance lead to? Point number three, the turbulence experience with boyfriends can be completely avoided and is not God's will. God don't want y'all kicking and scratching at each other. And the reason why it's scratching and kicking, because y'all ain't equally yoked to begin with. And you and I know that, and, and God know that, and the devil know that. Everybody know it. That's the big stinking elephant in the room. It, not only is he big, but he stank. Lastly, stop being sexually active with him, and he will leave you on his own. Even if you need to move out or kick him out, it's not worth it. Your eternity is at stake. Because you don't know when you're going to die or how you're going to die. And so, finally, we said, who is your boyfriend's real daddy, God or Satan? Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes Boyfriendication 2. That's episode number 23, Boyfriendication 2. You're listening to Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. This is the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Until next time, we only have one time to live. And one time to die. Make your one count. Jesus is Lord. One life.